This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. That the Chodesh of Nisan is a Chodesh for Kali Yisrael, and it's the first of the months. It doesn't seem like a particularly important parasha in the sense that it's one of the mitzvahs in sandwiched in between a lot of other mitzvahs. But Rashi in Bereshit says that the famous, first famous Rashi, that it says, that Torah should have started with and the only reason why it starts with Bereshit is because the Goyim will come along and they'll say, listen, Matem. So, the right place to start Torah is a Chayish And it's very strange. If you ask us where Torah should start, uh, if, if we're looking at Torah as mitzvahs, Anoch Hashem Lekecha is the right place. You're telling me, okay, forget the history, let's go to mitzvahs. Anoch Hashem Lekecha. Uh, what's a chayish zelachem? Uh, technically, it's the first mitzvah, but but it's not. It's it's out of order. The Anochi is really a parish of Torah. So if the kasha is that we should start with the parish of Torah, um, why isn't it Anochi? Um, the Ramban asks another question. He says, "What do you mean not to have in all the parishes? Uh, many many sodas vemuna are there." You have a lot of important in Yanim there. If you don't believe in Akadish Baruch, who is a Bayra Oilam, and so on, you're not Pikoris. So, so you need to tell me the information. My mind gives his terrors. So I want to give a little bit of a Hesper. Um, let's try a, a little bit of a deeper Nakuda. History is important. Why is history important? Because if a person wants to know who he is and what he's going to do and where he's going and, and most things that will limit him in life and the opportunities he has, he has to know something of his history. So the genetic material my parents gave me the home I grew up in, the friends I had, the school, all of those things really determine who I am and where I'm going to. And therefore, in a universal sense, Bracious is the parasha that's the history of the world. And as such, Bracious really ought to be the beginning because understanding the setting for the world is really going to dictate where we are. Rashi's kasha is based on the following Nakuda. The higher you go in a Balchayim, from the inanimate can't make any changes. Uh, vegetable life can make changes in a certain structured way. Animals can make more changes in their lives. 
But what divides people from animals? Animals have some ability to process information. They, they, you know, as they probe more, they, the animals can actually count to up to five. There are there are a few animals that they've proven actually they can keep track of five items and it's five items. That's something that's um, proven. They can they can do different functions at a, at a very low level intelligence, but it's not different. When we try to mark off the difference between a balchai, we call a fox the a smart one of the animals. The reason why a fox is called smart is because he's unpredictable in how he chooses to escape. He does all sorts of tricks when he's trying to run away that really stand out because most animals are very predictable what they're going to do. So the animal's thinking, the animal's processing, is probably a better word for it, is pretty much follows a, a psychological algorithm of sorts and it can it can it can be predicted fairly well how an animal will react to different situations. Adam has in himself the koyach of chiddush. A person can think of new ways, new ideas. A person can think out of the box. He can think creatively. The difference between Klal Yisrael and Umas Ha'ilam is on a moral level. Klal Yisrael can change themselves in ways that Umasalam can't. Kalal Yisrael can recast themselves. In other words, Hachidish Azelachem Reshadoshim is the Kayach of Kalal Yisrael, it's the Mitzvah Kalal Yisrael to create the Mitzvah. If there's anything we're all beholden to, if there's anything that we were subsumed under, it's time. Um, we're born at a certain time, we die at a certain time, um, and everything happens within time. When the Torah gave us a mitzvah that we can create Rosh Chodesh and Shanim, that means that Klal Yisrael is the masters of their own fate in a way that no Umm Asylum is. Um, for Umm Asylum, it's harder to make real changes. Kalal Yisrael has themselves the ability to completely disregard what's been told now. Who they've been told now, where they come from, what they've been influenced by. Kalal Yisrael has the ability to create their own reality. And that's why that's the oymik of Rashi's kasha. Rashi's shayla was, since Kalal Yisrael can always start with today, and make uh, and make uh, and and remake themselves, independent really of everything that had been there. So Torah so, should start Maybe you can fill us in at some point with a little history, but that's not the the starting point for Umasoilam is bracious because their products are bracious and they can make some changes, some choices, but not extreme choices. If we can undo time and start time at our behest, it, it, we start time and we create time, then, then bracious is really unimportant. And where we've been is not important. 
to where we're going to. Um, that's the Pshat Rashi. And that's why it says in, in the Medrash that this is Chetshe Geula, because Geula really means any time a person, a person who is addicted to substance is not a free person because he can't choose not to. A person who's, who's in a certain cycle and he, he, he does things because it's sort of habit. He does things because it's the society he's in and that's the pressures he's under. He does things because he's been programmed that way. That person is not a Ben-Chayrin. So even though Mitzrayim, the Shibut was real, it was physical and it was harsh, but to take them out and to put them in a different environment that's not real Chayrus is not really doing anything. Because um, basically, what's the difference if if they're if they're under one rule or another rule? The force of habit is a slave driver. A people who smoke for years, they find it as difficult to drop smoking as if somebody would be standing with a whip and force them to smoke. Makes very little difference. Hachodesh Elohim means a Baruch who gave a koyach to Klal Yisrael. That Klal Yisrael has the ability of chiddush of being mischadish themselves. It, it could be difficult, it could be very difficult, but it's there. The, the, the Torah says, there's a new Torah here now. Whatever happened until today is not relevant to what's going to happen tomorrow, really. It's relevant to maybe how much effort you have to put in. But it's doable no matter where you come from to wherever you want to go to. Um, and that's the Pshat, it's the first mitzvah of Kalah Yisrael because it's the content of Kalah Yisrael. The, we, we're taking on mitzvahs and averis not just within the framework of who we are and make some cosmetic changes it's the ability for us to do anything anytime it's not that it's not hard it's not that that it's easy that that's that wasn't part of the equation but that the fact that it's possible that's that's what the 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 lechem that's the koyach and be'etzim for klayesol this is the beginning of Torah. For us, the beginning of Torah is not precious. We need to have a precious so that when Umar Salem come and complain, we tell them, well, it never was yours to start with. But for us, it's enough to know that now we deserve it, and that's why we have it. Something I, I wanted to share, a thought on the parasha. Does anyone want to talk about something or whatever it is? We said we ask for... Yes, Avram. Just came out of the table after the bris. Yes. That question regarding that. It says that man gets a bris. He's like not shown beforehand, but after person yeah. becomes shown. So what is it that a woman has that makes him shown from the beginning, or yeah, makes him shown? Um, I will say something that uh, maybe today people don't think that way, but uh, the a marriage is called a bris. Bris Neurim, um, HS Neurim is called HS Brisecha. The, the bond with a husband is gives a Shlemus to an Isha. A man is also not Shalom without a wife, but a very different way. In the sense of, 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 of a Krisas Bris, um, that's called, that, that has a Shem Bris, and um, that's part of, uh, and, and within her Teva, that a it's called a crisis bris, and it also, in the sense that she flushes out the household and makes it a, a, a davar shalom, that's part of 
that's part of the bris. Um, the, the, the bris is chalan ishu beisoy, and that makes her part of it. Um, it, it. It's one of it's one of the issues that today uh, today meaning the last in the last tufus, a, a woman's role in Yiddishkeit um, as the world has moved away from a woman having a traditional role where just being at home where ho- being home used to be a full time job basically and and you know the, it, it became and labor was physical and hard it you know things have changed in terms of what jobs are like and women are much more active in the workforce and careers but it's still but it's like throwing out the the baby with the bathwater there's a family a, a woman in many ways is the anchor of a family and the realization because the world doesn't appreciate what a family is they don't appreciate what a woman is um, uh, and that's why two men or two women or, or, or two dogs could be a household doesn't make a difference there's no sense that a Karis bias is a woman and she provides something a man can't provide and a man's job is to provide things a woman can't provide and it's you know with the fact that one role might be more public or less public the, the word important is is it's like asking you know what's more important right foot or left foot well both you know it makes no it makes very little difference Rahman so um a, a woman's chalik is, is as being part of the household and it does say that marriage is a sort of a sense of crisis What was the answer given at the table? What did they come yeah, up with? Uh-huh. Yes, I see you thinking. So, so. No? Where's the bathroom? Right down, right aside. That's, that's, that's the first door out. Yes, Sammy. Um, so I understand that um, like we have to dive in three times a day. Um, we have to what? We have to dive in three times a day. Yeah. But what is like, is it like a more of a practical reason rather than just like Davos made the davening and it's all say we have to? Like is there like a practical reason? Good question. Me? Good point. Um, l- l- let me... Y- 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 there are... I mean, what you're asking is really a core question about filler, and it, and it's a very important question. The um, the, the the let me add a question to it. Like, I mean, we assume that God knows what we're missing, because if He doesn't know, there's not much of a God, and we also believe that He that He caused the missing stuff or whatever it is. What's the point of it? Um, there are two very important equities in the davening. One is, let's take an example. Um, most people don't mind if you use the pen. I don't know how many people have a pen today, but but you know, very people. So so if I if I take if I ask you, would you have a pen? And you give me the pen. I use it. You certainly have no problem with that. Um, when you let's say I use it for a day, okay. And I, and I put it in my pocket, I come back the next day, the next day, you feel a little irritated because you want some acknowledgement. You don't have any problem if at the end of the day I say, I'm sorry, could I borrow tomorrow also, and so on. It's the acknowledgement of it's rightfully yours, and 
I need to ask you for it. There's a certain sense, I guess, our greatest conflict with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, with the reality of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is our sense of self and ownership to our sense of what's his. I was recently, somebody in the area here lost his mother. You probably know who it is. It's not uh, about a, a year ago, a little under a year ago. And this person is a very Ehrlich uh, person, and he has a brother who's totally fry. And I mean, the family is, is not a Frum family. He became Frum. And I saw a, a video of Despedim. So he spoke about what a wonderful gift it was to have the mother for 70 years. She passed away uh, um, at less than 70. She, and a wonderful person, really wonderful woman. And his brother said it destroyed his faith in God, that God had no right to do it, and he's very angry at him, and so on and so forth. What was the difference? Why? The answer is, one started with the idea, what's mine is mine. God didn't give me my life, didn't give me my mother, didn't give my father, didn't give me anything. So he, all he did was take away my mother from me. How could he do that? The other person started with the attitude, it's a gift. A mother and a mother of that of, of, of that person, like my mother was, is a gift from God. So I don't know why I didn't extend the gift, but th- th- the fact is, three times a day we sit down and say, okay, I'm not taking it for granted. The fact that I can think, the fact that I can feel, the fact that I can do things, those are things that I don't take for granted. And the asking from HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a way of saying, could, I, could you extend it? It helps take everything I have and put it in perspective. That's one part that's very important for the truth of it. And the Mela, it's not just a question of Muna believing, it's, it's the attitude. When, when you have something that you think is yours, then, then, and it's not yours, that's very selfish. Um, it's like, you know, so somebody appropriates, like, you know, like in, a, in a camp or in a, on a trip, and somebody takes something of yours and just doesn't, doesn't. So three times a day, at three very important periods of the day, we give that back. That's one half of why it's so important. The second half is it also allows for a certain bonding. It, the, the asking becomes a way of touching base. So just like, imagine um, Rabbi Left once told a story in Yeshiva. I don't think anybody was here when Rabbi Left spoke in Bismedrish. It was a, a few years ago. I Probably none of you were I don't. It was been five, six years ago, easily. He said over an extraordinary story. He, he spoke. The question he posed was: It says Hakadosh Baruch told the Nachash that he's going to eat offer, and the, and uh, and that seems to be a punishment. Well, the question is: Offer is the most plentiful thing around. So what's the punishment? I mean, he's got his food wherever he goes. He's drowning in it. He's you know. So why is it a punishment? That was the question. The answer that he gave is not an uncommon answer, but the, the story that it came with it was, was a shockingly um, powerful story. He said that when he became first a Rav in Miami, he was 20-something years old, and they called him up from the local school, from the girls' school, that there's a girl who's tried to commit suicide a few times. They would like him to try to talk to her. So he said, you know, he turned white, and... Uh, he, he, like he said, I, I'm a young Rav, and, and it's not my professional. So whatever it is, there had been professional help, but they wanted him in the picture also, whatever it is. He went to speak with her. 
And she told him the following story. True story. This, this is the story he told us over. Her, she had become a Yasoma at a young age. She had lost her mother at, a young, at some point. And she was now 17, 18. And her father wanted to remarry. The woman he wanted to remarry did not want a, a teenage girl in the house, did not want somebody, didn't want her to be involved. And her condition was that she not be part of the household. That's, so the father called her in and he said, My dear daughter, here's a set of keys to a nice condominium. The father's a wealthy man, to a very nice condominium here. He said, The second key is a brand new car that's waiting downstairs. He said, Here's a credit card that within reason is unlimited. Have a nice life. So um, that drove her to, to the extreme position that drove her. Uh, uh, when a person, it, it, having things, when you cut off from the source, is not a blessing, it's a curse. The Nachash was told, I have to feed you because I need a Nachash in the world, but I won't have nothing to do with you. And a nachash is, is represents the the ra, the low, or whatever it is, and therefore um, I don't want you. The the um, Baruch's interaction with us, when a person has periods of distress and needs, and he turns to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, all of a sudden there's a bonding process that's not easy to have when you don't think that you need anything. So so does wanting things and having them fulfilled. Are, are part of a process to bond you. So, so um, asking for things three times a day provides a vehicle for that type of bonding. I know, Baruch Hashem, I, I, you know, you're, you're still kind of at, a, at an age when most of you really don't want all that much. Um, you know, there's not, it, you're, not, you're not yet part of life and there are a lot, a lot of needs and interaction with people. This, this person needs a shirach urgently. This person needs a refuah. This person needs parnas. And this person needs shalom bayis. And this person needs um, this problem, that problem. The, the world is full of needs. But when a person is able to establish <coughs> that avenue where the needs become a vehicle um, for bonding God, it creates a tremendous kesha. It, almost something that's almost impossible when, when you feel that you don't need anything. It's like when you're smug and you feel that yeah, I don't. Everything's okay. Then, then um, where's God in the picture? And that's what it's there for. And I know it's hard. I know it's not easy. It's not easy for anybody three times a day. And thank God we have pretty much what we need. They're not. They're not terrible, uh, except for maybe a win or two for the team. But other than that, we're kind of very, very. Um, you know, it, it it creates a certain bond, and that's what it's there for. Yes, Daniel. Um, why did uh, Hashem created the world and created an Olam Haza and an Olam Haba? So, Olam Haba is the place of, uh, I guess, tranquility and bleed uh, Saras. Yeah. So why did He create an Olam Haza full of Saras, full, full of pain and. You sound like an old man, don't you? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so so let's. Are you right? You are right. Um, l- um, l- let's understand 
Let's take a Gemara. And we'll use a Gemara in Halacha, Halacha Gemara, to give us a, a, a background for this. If I give somebody a bag of bagels, ba- homemade bagels that we made, homemade cake, I give somebody and say, you know, I'm going away this week, you know, could you watch it? And you begin to see that it's getting moldy or whatever it is. And you have two choices. You can um, sell it as it is, take out the moldy part and sell the rest of it off, and give me the cash when I come back. Or wait and hope for the best, and even I'm left over like with a few kazesim, and leave it for me. The seichel would be that you would want to have the, um, to, to leave the, uh, you know, to sell it immediately and have a few dollars. The halacha is not like that. The halacha is, you go a long way to letting it get spoiled before you sell it off. It's based on the concept, Adam rotze b'kav shalom, yosa mitesha shalacherim. A person takes pride in something that's his. The tranquility in Olam Haba is real, but it's not ours. Um, imagine you come to somebody's house as a guest, and the house is beautiful and comfortable way beyond your own house. But it's, it's somebody else's house. And especially if, if it's your own house that you worked and you paid the mortgage for, you feel very powerful, very good about it. And you like it. This is mine. I worked hard for it. I earned it. I put it together. I painted it myself. I sell the furniture. It's mine. And that's the greatest Hanno in the world. The tsaras that we have here, they're all part of a big picture of struggling to earn things and making them ours. And that's why, um, that's this world. If we're able to do what we're supposed to do, then in Olam Haba, it becomes ours. Just like if you worked very hard all your life, and you put down, and you put away $10 million in the bank, and now there's interest being earned, you don't feel that you're getting stucker. You don't feel that you're getting from anybody anything. It's your money, and now it's working for you. If we were to be in Olam Haba always, it's nice, but it's not nice because it's not ours. It, there's no sense of self. The sense of self is, and I'll t- let me. I want to give you another marshal, maybe something we experience, not Saris, but but something else. There are some people that are brilliant in a way. They they read a page once and they remember it, photographic memory, and they 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 look at a problem, they solve it like this. There's a second person who has to hazard it a dozen times till he knows it. He has to work a problem uh, a, a dozen times till he figures it out. Who do you think of the two is more, has the deepest satisfaction with his learning or studying? I assure you the second one. I, I, I'm sure everybody wishes they were the first one, but it's not like that. Something that comes like this bores you and you don't feel satisfied. So what I know? Of course I know. I read it, so I know it. I don't forget it, so what's the big deal? But, but when you work on it and you sweat and, and, and you accomplish... So in the big picture, this world is the world of sweating, and part, and the suffering is is part of that picture, and everything about it. So so understanding that there's, we can't get to that tranquility without first passing a, a world of difficulties. That's uh, that's it, it, it gives it a whole different understand. If people were to ask, you know. It would, is the happiest person someone who won a lottery ticket for half a billion dollars? The answer is certainly not. 
I mean, statistically, it's been shown most of those people spend it in a very short amount of time and usually end up with everything broken, families in jail, drugs, whatever it is. The happiest person is a person who worked hard, built up business, job, career successfully so that over a lifetime he's worked his way up to being very accomplished. That's the most, ha- that's the happiest person. And that's what Olam Haza is. That's all it is. Something this side. No? What should we um, keep in mind when we're looking at Yeshivas for next year? I think the first thing is what do the products of those Yeshivas look like? And what is it that you would like to be? Um, I, I, if I were able to put a, 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 um, if I were to describe that a little more specifically, I would say a place where people open up a sense of striving and ruchnius. And because n- no matter how long or short you've been in yeshiva, the real issue is afterwards. So if if you see that the people seem to have, if if they tell me them, you know, tell me them not. A, a, a year, you know, a year hence, two years hence, are are people that seem like people that something ruchnis opened up in them, and they're enjoying the ruchnis, they want ruchnis, and they have an aptitude for it. I think that that's probably the most important thing. Let's see. What else would you do if a person was to respect his Um Why would you think not? In other words, let's let, let's ask ourselves. I'm serious. The neshama of a person is sort of, I guess, it's it's macabre for everything we do in this world. Like we're speaking about this world, next world. The neshama is being imprinted by everything. So, what you think, what you learn, and if the music, if and the deeper the music is. The more, the more it leaves an impression on yourself. That's why people are so turned on by music, you know. Whether it's good music, whether it's music that's that's bad, but if it's but, but if it's powerful, it's, so it turns a person's tivers on, um, because that's music has a, has extraordinary power to reach a part of the neshama and the nefesh that words don't. And if it's good music, then it brings out it it brings out the right vibes in a person. And if it's bad music, it brings out the coarsest part of a person. So it's very powerful. It's, um, and that's why it's a, it's a tremendous tool. And on the other hand, it's, uh, you know, you, you, um, you, you can also um, use it to sort of stoke a person's tivus, which is most of the music is. Chaybi. Um, going back to what you said just then. Yes. Um, Let's ask the question. Let's bring it back to, to, to the davening issue. 
let's ask ourselves the following question. How am I allowed to daven for something? If Hashem brought it to me, then it certainly is good. Then, then, then why should I be davening? Let's say I don't have what to eat. Well, obviously, I can't about it, so shouldn't I be mekabled in mitov and so on? That's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's another way of looking at your question. The answer is as follows. Um, Tefillah is called avoda. This, this is the setup. We're in this world. No one knows exactly what it is that... We, we all know what we're missing. Which of it is going to be a permanent handicap? Which of it needs us to roll up our sleeves and to work? No one has money in the bank until they work. So you don't, you, you don't wait and say, well, if a Kashmir doesn't really have any money, I'll starve to death. You have a chiv to do what it takes to, to have the physical things you need, whether it's parnasa, whether it's going to a doctor, whether it's finding a, or doing a shtadlus, all those shtadlus are appropriate. Tefillah is another dimension of shtadlus. So just like, let's take parnasa as an example. We have a chiv to do parnasa, uh, to, to work and do what we need to do parnasa. We have a chiv to educate our children with, with as much as we possibly can. Whatever, we, whatever doesn't work, and it's not the fault of our, of our lack of effort, then we say, so that's Rasul Hashem. And I'm, I'm fine with that, because that's the setup that he wants for me. But whatever I can change, I'm obligated to change. It's the same thing like, like illness. A person is ill, Rahman al-Islam. So you go to doctors and you do whatever it takes to make him better. If nothing is working, then you say, okay, so this is Rasul Hashem. There's no more place for my Bechira, and I'm a Kabul. Um, so it's a combination. We never know what is the final Ratzah Hashem. So we're always doing both. We're doing whatever, in the area of Bechira, whatever we're allowed to do and have to do, we do it. And whatever it is that, um, that doesn't work, then we say, okay, I saw Kashbar wants me to work under difficult circumstances. That's part of my way of earning where I'm supposed to be. Yes. What exactly is a um, So the first thing I'll tell you is we don't know, and let me explain to you why. It, it, it's it's the Rambam speaks about it in, in, not about the Shami speaks about Hamba. Let me give you a muscle. Let's say Loalenu somebody's born blind. He will never be able to understand what a color is. But, if he's smart, he can learn a lot of things about colors. So this blind person hears people say, it's as tranquil, the blue is ocean blue, and it's very tranquil. So the person understands that there's a quality of the ocean, called a color quality called blue, and there's a quality of, and it evokes tranquility. And therefore, when somebody is going to say, I don't know what color I should paint my bedroom, he'll say, how about blue, because that's a tranquil color, and he'll be right. Without actually being able to sense it. We don't have the now, we think with our minds. We don't think with our neshama. So our mind is physical, and I can tell you about things that have substance, colors, smells, taste. I can't tell you about the neshama what it is. 
All I can tell you is it's a dimension of myself that is closest to self in a way that nothing else is. I can tell you that the neshama is the part of me that feels good about good and ashamed with bad, which is something that doesn't, it's not a physical reality. If I did something bad, why, why is my body so uncomfortable? The, the neshama is that chaluk. At some day will come when I'm going, to, my awareness is going to be through neshama. And I know that mitzvahs build it up and I various destroy it. Or, or let's say shrink it, whatever. So I can't, it's not possible to say what it is in a way that would make any sense to me or to you. But we can tell you many things about it and, and, and give you some sense of where it is that we sense what a, what a neshama is. And uh, in the, in the, in, in our, the most powerful place is the, f- the emotions we have towards right and wrong. That's probably where you feel it the most. Our, yeah. Yeah. Our, well. uh, how is one supposed to figure out their goal in life? So the Vilna Garden says in, in Mishle, on the Pasik, um, that in the old days they used to go to a Navi and ask him what their purpose in life was and to direct it. So that worked well once upon a time. We have a shortage of Navim today. Um, <laughs> or maybe if, since it was given to a shot, to, to a shot or cotton, maybe we, we have an excess of, of Navim. But whatever it is, <laughs> we have a real problem. And the truth be said is, it's 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 not simple for someone who's a little more thoughtful. It's not easy to understand, to, to have a feeling. You first need to evaluate what your kochos are. And one of the reasons why spending a tkufa in yeshiva, sort of full time, is it, it helps you develop in a realistic way, and you get a sense of what your strong points are. One would assume that if a person has kochos that are capable of being used purely in Ruchnius, um, teaching being mashpia, you know, paskening, um, things of that nature, one would think that that gets a front seat to other things. But again, it depends a lot on a person's circumstances. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a taking an honest stock of who you are and what you are. I have an a, a acquaintance of mine, he's older than me by a lot of years, and uh, he is he is brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and very capable and competent in many ways. And when he f- when he was in, after he sort of learned Nicola a few years, he needed Parnassa, and he's very bright. So he decided to he, he taught college, he taught calculus in college, and spent the rest of the time learning. And you know, we had Parnassa; it was nice. Um, Rav Hutna was his rebbe, and Rav Hutna felt that he should do a lot more. And he told him, Shleima, he said, Akarish Baruch didn't give you all that talent to teach calculus to Irish girls. He said he gave it for much more, and he forced him to do something. And he opened up a, a huge a school that's one of the biggest schools in New York and very, very successful. Um, you know, and, and he uses kochos. It helps if you have somebody to guide you, and, and, and you need to be misspelled a lot, because especially if you feel, especially if one feels that he has bigger kochos and tremendous abilities it's not simple um, there are um, m- many different avenues to go in it. A-, a lot of it depends also on the nature of, of 
your abilities and, and what you want to do. Somebody who's, for instance, somebody who has the type of abilities and inclination to be a doctor, that tends to be that type of person does not usually have an inclination to be uh, a rebbe. It's, it's a different type of inclination. So, so it has to do a lot with ability, inclination, tefillah, satirishmaya. Very, very hard. But it's, it's, it's a really, it's, it's a question that for somebody who's a little, a little bit of a balnefish, it's not easy to, it's not easy to, to come up with a definitive answer. Yes? Question? So, no, I've noticed recently that, like, Rosh Chodesh, that it's an, it's an important day, that it's a special day, we say, Yelaviyavu and Halo. Right. But it sort of seems like, at least for me, that it like sort of like a normal day. Yes. So, wondering what... It's very interesting. If you'll take a look, Rav Soloveitchik has a hespit on Reb Zev Gold. Reb Zev Gold was one of the Mizrahi, and Rav Soloveitchik was friendly with him, and he... And he he describes him, the theme of that is he's a Rosh personality. And what he means by it, and what he, what he describes, if you, you'll take a look at it, you'll find it interesting if it's a question. Um, he said, Rosh is a weekday. There's nothing that distinguishes it externally, and yet there's a spark of something special, of a new beginning, and so on. And he um, elaborates on it, and he actually it's a very, very it's a it's a it's, it's a very beautiful aspect. You can take a look at it, but it's it's true. It's one of these areas that, especially today, where we don't bring carbonus, um, we we don't have an easy time relating to it. It's 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 a it's a very hidden type of um, day of kedusha. Yes, we don't have. What's your first name? Uh, you. <laughs> what? Simi. Yeah. yeah, let's have. Um, so you know that, like, that Jews, like, have something, like, built into their, like, DNA? Like, yes. So, like, you see, like, Jews, like, they, like, I don't know, they accomplish a lot of things. Is that because, like, our beliefs are because of, like, who, like our built-in traits and stuff like that? Uh, so what's your, what's your question? Uh, like, what's the difference? Is, the, is there a difference between, like... I wouldn't focus. I, th- I'm, I it bothers me, and if you take a look at the Rambam and his Igris, he he you know he, he had a letter from a friend of his who said, "Wow, you became very famous and chashev, and it's you know it's great to have like uh, a Rambam being a doctor, this and that." And he writes basically, I, "I'm not enamored with it. I don't think being famous in in the musagim that the world sees is is being very special." Um, doing the right things and and being a, a good person is really what what ought to make a person feel good or bad about himself. It, th- when we focus on Kalyusol's being very bright and doing well on the SATs and uh, and getting prizes and and it may or may not be true, you know, it, it's true that they. I mean, that, that's those are facts. But whether that's because there's something about inherently bright or it's because we tend to push ourselves and need to succeed, or it's psychological, or sociological, or evolutionary. Or I, I, th- th- there's always explanations. But I don't think that, that we should focus on that. I think we need to measure ourselves in terms of tov. HaKadosh Baruch didn't choose us because we, get, we do well in SATs, or because we have long noses, or because of anything else. He chose us because Motsasi Levavu um, that's what Gershbarach was looking for. So, so we, I think we have an affinity for Ruchnius, 
and destructive and, and like Hashem was always very fair we could be extremely spiritual and we could also be extremely anti-spiritual communism was which was uh, like against a moon and everything was spearheaded by Jews um, Hollywood the guy would accuse us um, that Hollywood is corrupting the morals of American youth and it's all full of Jews unfortunately they were right there was a lot of Jews and because a Jew can be daring he can be daring in Kedusha he can dare to believe and he can dare break the morals of, of society with this disdain so I think that's a tchun of Kali Yisrael which is good and could be used for not good and I think I would say that that's the defining characteristic of Kali Yisrael Yaakov yeah let me share a story with you. Uh, if you have some time, I don't know. Does anyone have time restrictions, or uh, well, what's what's the story time-wise? You're all you're okay. We're, um, I'll, t- I'll I'll tell you a story that that this is going back many years ago. I was sitting Thursday night learning with Chavrusa. I remember who was Peretz Tarshish. He's a Rosh Chaburte in the Mir. His wife is a famous rabbit and runs a seminary uh, and things. And I was sitting and learning one Thursday night. This is this must have been in the eighties sometime. Yeah, it was the eighties. And the phone rings. Somebody's at the airport. And he says, "I got your number from your cousin. Um, uh, I need a place to stay." And then the call drops. In those days, they had a simonim, like these little coins that you put into the telephone, like little coins or holes. You have to keep plopping them in. Um, as, as um, okay, a, a minute later, he calls again. Because at the end of the day, he's coming. He said he wants to learn in me yeshiva, and um, he wants to know if he can stay here over Shabbos before he gets into yeshiva, whatever it is. Okay, I, mean, I didn't know him. He said my cousin recommended it. You know, so okay, it was fine. Said uh, it's a little crowded in the house. I mean, he had nine kids in three rooms, but okay, there's always room for someone. So he came. So an hour later, he gets off a of Sheirut. He's he looks like I, I mean, he had like a scraggly beard with a cap, um, and like a box, you know, not a suitcase but a box. He comes to the house, very pleasant fellow, very sweet. And I asked him, you know, he's called Mishi. We didn't before. He didn't learn before, really. You know, he, I don't know, he had odd jobs here and there. Not, nothing about him made much sense, but okay. As I said, I don't see how you go to the Mishiva, but across the street is Osameach. Tomorrow morning you go to Osameach, and that's probably the best place for you. So I said, wow, what a Gavaldik Ashkacha Pratis. Imagine I met your cousin who told me to come to you, and said, go to me, I know I should go to Osameach. Excellent. He comes to Osameach the next morning. Osameach tells him, I don't know what they told him, but speaking to him in a few minutes, they told him he should look for a job. So he comes back to the house and he says, Wow, what a coincidence. I went to Osameach, he told me, and they told me the right things to get a job. So, where do I get a job? <laughs> so I, I told him, This, this, so I told him to go in Chobiafa, there's a place. Everything was Ashkacha Pratis. He was there Friday, Shabbos. Friday, he'd run out of money already. And he asked me if I could give him some money to go to the mikveh, this and that. 
I don't know what to do. I mean, there was no reason why he would ever move out. I mean, there was nothing in his life that would ever change that he would move out of the house. My wife told me that I have some hard choices to make. It's either her or him. But it's not going to stay. So, um, and, and I was at my wit's end. He wasn't a bad person. He took up that little room. This, my study now became his, his little apartment. I subsequently realized he had been married, divorced, with three children. Nothing, not a bad person in any sense, but kind of nothing. Didn't, didn't do anything to have a job. I don't just, and, and everything was always, Dashkar process was building up day after day. It was finally, in the conversation, I, he said something about a brother. We, we, I, I went to the phone book. I found a brother of his in Kibbutz Saad. He had a brother who was a doctor in Kibbutz Saad, a very fine fellow. And he says, oh my gosh. How did he get to Yisrael? He was living with my father, and I guess he must have got money for somebody and bought a ticket. I'll be there Sunday on the first bus to Yerushalayim. At nine, and he said the bus arrives at nine o'clock. By nine o'clock, I'll be in your house, and I'll take care of him. I, I said I feel terrible. This now. They said no, as long as you take care of him, it's fine. And my wife was petrified. He said he's going to get very angry at us that we snitched and told his brother this and that. He said, my brother will not be able to figure it out. I'm telling you, he's, he, he's, not, he's not all there. And this is, it's just a piece that doesn't work. This, at 9.03, my wife, he was sitting and eating breakfast. My wife tells him, you know, um, you're going to have a visitor soon. Your brother's coming in. He says, what amazing Ashkaho Pratis. And, and it, it, it was, Baruch Hashem, he, his brother took him, he, and, and, you know, he took, he, he took away, he took care of him. But, but there was something there, what I realized, it, it, it was unfortunate, he was an unfortunate person, you know, I mean, there was something, there was something missing there. But what happened was, it short-circuited the process. In other words, it became a way of copping out, instead of, it wasn't that he was enforcing a moon, it was copping out. The Arabs, the Muslims, have a belief in Hashkah Pratis that way overwhelms our belief. Everything is predestined. So if I killed somebody, it was Akadosh Baruch Hu's fault, not my fault. And if I didn't come to Yeshiva that day, it was Akadosh Baruch Hu's fault. My, one of my daughters told me that a, a girl came into her class and, and I just told Mesiak over the note, please excuse my daughter for coming late. Akadosh Baruch Hu did not return on the Shem until 8.30 this morning. The, the, you know, so what happens is it becomes in, you, you, you start blaming Hashgacha and looking for signs and you become crippled from it HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to use Bechir like we spoke this world we're supposed to work with the recognition that without HaKadosh Baruch Hu it's worthless and useless and it's tough, there are times when HaKadosh Baruch Hu clearly talks to us when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is pushing in a certain direction but you need to ask yourself, does it make sense? Is it right? Or, or, or is the pshat, I'm using it as a cop-out? And it's hard. It's very tough. And uh, there are some people very high madregas that every little thing is ashkacha. And, they, and they, in those, is, is, is ashkacha, I mean the sense they can relate to it as ashkacha. So, so yes, for me, missing my coat and having to search for a quarter of an hour is a simon menashamayim. And I need to ask myself why. For other people, it's a simon that you should think twice before you throw your coat down and run off and know where you put your coat before, before you matriarch other people and have people wait for you. That's why it's very important. 
it, it, it's such a it's such a a a critical balance. You can't believe in Ashkocha to the point of it staring what you're obligated to do in any way, and you can't believe in what you're supposed to do if it if if it if it takes a kodesh out of the picture. And that's why you have to work all day and daven three times a day to relate to kodesh baruch It's 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 one of the toughest balances that a bal nefesh is between pushing yourself to work hard as if there is no kodesh baruch and to ask from a kodesh baruch as if there's no us. Um, and and you need to have the the rachos adas to be able to balance both. It's not a push to think. Who else do we skip? Do we? If someone is decreed on someone that they get curries. Yes. But there's also a rule that a person can be kuna will happen one second. Yes. Is there a way that if you're kind of curries that there's a way to undo that? Yes, there's tshuva works for everything. And it's a Kaddish Baruch who figures out the whole cheshbon. Um We know pick, pick pieces, but but in the whole picture, the schusim and the and the and the onshim, all these things, a Kaddish Baruch who weighs them. And there's no way we can't make that cheshbon. But we do know this is this is a plus, as a chisarin. But there's no way tshuva helps every single thing there is. Do we skip anybody? Do we anybody? Alright, you have less chance. Anybody else wants one more? One? Anybody else has a, another question they would like to ask, or thing you want to talk about? Or? Okay, so maybe we'll have a niggin, and we'll have a niggin, then we'll bench.